Today we're going to go on a journey. It's going to be a little different than maybe what you are normally see on a Sunday, but I'm not certain that what, what everything is normal every Sunday here. Um, so we're going to have a chance to go on a thankful journey. And so you're going to interact with each other. You're going to interact through worship. You're going to interact by journaling and writing. You're going to interact by singing. You're going to be interacting by, by saying things. And so this whole service is going to be one continuous time to praise the Lord. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, In all circumstances, in everything, we should give thanks. Because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. To give thanks is God's will. That's, that's the, the plan for God. He wants us to be people of praise. He wants us to be people of thanksgiving. So this whole journey preparing us even for this week of thanksgiving, well, you, you'll walk into this week, hopefully, with a whole different mindset. So grab your Bibles. It's going to be a chance for you to see some people today. One was willing to give thanks. One wasn't. Turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17 and look at verses 11 through 19. If you need a Bible, hold your hand up. Ushers will put one in your hand, but quickly find Luke chapter 17, and we're going to read verses 11 and 19. We're going to go on this journey of thankfulness. When you find that, stand with me, and we're going to read it out loud together. Luke chapter 17, go ahead and stand. Luke chapter 17, and we're going to read verses 11 through 19 together. Luke 17, 11 through 19. Let's read this together out loud. Ready, read. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. You may have a seat. Think about these lepers. They were in an awful, awful position. They were in a condition where they had leprosy. And during this time or any time, if you had leprosy, you were an outcast. If you had leprosy, it was noticeable. Your fingers were nubs. Your, your skin had, was scaled back. It had sores, open wounds. It took away your nervous system the ability to have pain. In fact, many people who have leprosy don't initially die of leprosy. They die of something else because they can't feel pain. There's no senses in their bodies or nerve endings are dulled that they can't feel pain. Some even lean up against oil lamps of stories. I know, have read stories from Dr. Paul Brand where people were asleep at night and, and rats came in and gnawed away at their skin and they never felt it. Lepers were outcasts. Lepers during this time, if they came within 50 yards of someone, had to yell, unclean, unclean, unclean. So everywhere they went, everywhere they went, people scattered. People walked to the other side of the street. No one wanted to get near a leper except Jesus. They were in a condition that was physically death. Physically, they were separate. Physically, they no longer had family. So they would coexist together. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and he notices them. And so they cry out in a loud voice, Jesus, help us. Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus, we know, longs for all to be saved. I'm grateful this morning 
That even though men weren't willing to go to the lepers, Jesus goes. Even though they didn't have an answer, Jesus has the answer. Even though they, they were lost, Jesus was willing and able to find them. And so you cannot find healing unless you go to Jesus. They were in the same position that many of you were, and I was, before we found Christ. Hopeless, without any help. Physically, they were lost. Physically, they were outcasts. But spiritually, you and I were at one time. Until Christ became our Lord and Savior. Look what happens to them in verse 13. Look what it says. Jesus finds them, and then he's, verse 13, they see him at a distance. And verse 13 says, and they called out in what kind of voice? What's it say? A loud voice. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the what? What's the word? Priest. And as they went, they were what? Cleanse. Ten men with leprosy. Outcast. No hope. Cried out to Jesus, have mercy on us. And as they went to the priest, it says they were cleansed. Yet only one said thank you. Yet only one came back and gave praise. And the reason the rest of them didn't is perplexing to Jesus. And so Jesus asked this question. Look what he says in verse 17. Jesus answered, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give what to God? Praise. Help me out to give what to God? Praise to God. Except for this Samaritan or this foreigner. Then he said to him, rise, go. Your faith has made you well. The reason he says to go to the priest wasn't because the priest could heal them. Because it says while they were on their way to him, they were healed. The priest didn't have any ability to, to heal them. What the priest would do as they would come, he would check them out. He would look at their arms. He would take a look at their bodies. And he would say, hey, no leprosy. And if you got a certificate from the priest, then you were declared cleansed. Have you ever looked at a leper? Let me give you a picture of what a leper looks like. This is what happens when someone has leprosy. Your limbs and your fingers and your appendages. It's a flesh-eating disorder. No one wants to be near you. Because you're contagious. These are the kind of men that Jesus saw from a distance and they saw from a distance and they cried out, mercy, God, please have mercy on us. Now picture if you can, if you were this man or you were one of the ten. Why did only nine, why did only one come back and say thanks and nine run? Why is it that when we find healing from God, that when, when we ask and we pray, Lord, please give me this answer. And we gather, please pray about this. And the answer comes, what do we do? We move on to the next request. Rarely do we go back and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to celebrate what you've done. We just jump from next petition, next request. We, we fill in the line. Hey, guys. Hey, gals. Hey, hey, family. Pray about this. And he answers. You know what we do? We bring up another request. And Jesus is saying, hey, they cried out for help. Now, where aren't they at? Why didn't they come back and say, thank you? They obeyed the command of the Lord. And as they went, picture if you can, they're walking to the priest. And as they're going... Their skin is being healed. Like, I'm sure it was miraculous. And they're looking. And as they got closer to the priest, they realized the people didn't walk to the other side of the street. And they're looking at him and they didn't even notice. And they look at each other. It's like, we're healed. Look. Miraculously, Jesus brings healing. Imagine if that was you. 
They were healed. Yet only one went back to Jesus to say thanks. You see, many saw their need to pray, but didn't see their need to praise. Sometimes that's us. We pray and we ask God, God, do this for my son, do this for my daughter, do this for my marriage, do this in the workplace. God, do this for my friend. God, give me this house, give me this. Please, God, please. And he answers, you know what we do? We see the need to pray, but we don't see the need to praise. With the same zeal, it says, this one leper, with a very loud voice, Jesus, have mercy on me. And then it says this again in verse 15, with the same intensity, with the same voice, in a loud voice it said, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him in a loud voice with the same intensity. Many saw the need to pray, but only one saw the need to praise because he began to see and notice his skin was being healed. Or maybe as he went, he saw people no longer running from him. Where are the other nine, Jesus asked. I have no doubt that after they were healed, the first thing they probably did, they probably ran home. They went to their their wives and their families. They wanted a hug because they haven't had a hug in a very long time. They went to their kids. They probably ran home and said, look, 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 I'm healed. And they wanted to enjoy the blessing. Yet one waited. One went to the healer and thanked the healer for the healing. Don't we do the same sometimes though? God gives the answer and we just move right on. But by by the grace of God, this one leper knew. He knew that it was because of Jesus that he was healed. One out of ten. You know, I wonder if we look across Christianity, how many thankless homes represent Christ? Let me just ask a personal question. How many of you got up this morning and just woke up and said, Lord, thank you today. This is the day you have made. I rejoice and be glad in it. How many of you woke up today with praise on your lips? How many even thought about it? How many of you woke up and you went and did this, you went and did that, and you prayed about this, and you hoped this, and you hoped you could see this, and you hoped you could get there, yet you neglected to stop to praise? And we know from Scripture when we praise God, it pushes back darkness. When we say the name of Jesus Christ, darkness flees. When we proclaim the name of Christ, marriages are restored. Single moms are helped. Single dads are helped. When we cry out to Jesus, he comes in. He is the ultimate healer. We have a chance to say, thank you. How much has he done for you this week, this year, your life? How often do you go to him? In the same intensity, in the same voice, Jesus is saying, we ought to praise him as loud as we request him. The majority of these lepers cared most about their healing instead of a healer. But are we any different? Seriously, are we as Christians? The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy, Paul said that literally the ungrateful are so many of them. He said, have nothing to do with ungrateful people. Scientists and doctors will tell you that when you become a thankful person, when you become a grateful person, it even affects the physiology of your being, that you become more healthy when you bring praise. Why? When we bring praise, demons run. I wonder sometimes if we've lost the awe of our own salvation. Like Some of us have been saved for so long that we forget what we've been saved from and saved to. Like some of us have, some of us have known Christ all of our lives. Yeah, I know Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What's the next song? Pass the offering plate. And yet he has radically changed our lives forever. 
Now listen, no matter what you face today, no matter how bleak your life situation seems, with Christ you have hope. And if this, listen, if Paul said, if it wasn't for the resurrection, we would be pitied. Listen, it doesn't matter if this is all that you'll ever have on earth. You have an eternity in heaven with Christ where there's no tear and no pain and no sin guaranteed to Christ followers. Yet when's the last time you just woke up and said, Lord, I am so grateful for my salvation in Christ. God, I'm grateful that everywhere I go, you are with me. God, I'm grateful that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Psalm 150 in verse 6, the psalmist David said it this way, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Jesus was having a conversation with his disciples and, 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 and there was a praise going on, lifting his name up and lifting his father's names up. And he says, by the way, if you don't praise the Lord, and in Luke chapter 19 verse 40, he says that, that if you keep quiet, the stones will cry out for you. Now think about that for a second. I was looking out yesterday at our trees in our backyard with the snow covered. It was just gorgeous. And I was just praising God for his creation, for the beautiful snow that, that it was laying in our yard. It was just, it's just beautiful. It was a reminder of his cleansing power. And as I'm praising, I wonder, I thought, you know what, Jim? Don't ever let those trees out praise you. But how often do we? Like, how many rocks are crying out on behalf of your family's name? How many rocks are crying out on behalf of your legacy because you refuse to praise God? You show me a person filled with praise. You show me a person filled with joy. You show me a person with a rich prayer life. You show me a very grateful person. You show me someone who wakes up each day and knows who they are in Christ. You cannot shut them up. Psalm chapter 22 and verse 3, David wrote this. He says, you are the enthroned as the Holy One, God. You are the one that gets praise. One version says it this way. The one enthroned in heaven receives praise. The Japanese Bible, who took the Hebrew text and translated it into Japanese, took Psalm chapter 22 and verse 3 that says the one enthroned in heaven should get praise, took from the Hebrew, put it in the Japanese, and they translated that verse this way. Our praise builds a big chair for God to sit in. Now picture every time you praise. Here's the picture. Every time you're home, dads, every time you lead your family in praise instead of just prayer requests, every time you have a set down and say, okay, what has God done? Let's praise him. Every single time you praise, the chair for Jesus gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. When I first came to Grace, we had these chairs in the old building that they, it's like, you've probably seen them, like, like they're throne chairs. And I just think, why do I got set in those things? Like, who am I? That should be for Jesus. Now picture if you can, every time you praise God, every time you lift up his name, that chair gets bigger, 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 bigger. And you got to keep looking up and looking up, looking up, looking up. How big is the chair that you're building in your home for Jesus? Is it like the one you're sitting in now? Or is it a little Barbie chair, a little model? Yeah, hey, praise Jesus, Jesus. How big is your Jesus in your home? Today, we're going to give you that chance. You're going to sing. You're going to worship. And listen to me. You have a choice to make. Because the word of God says this. It's not praise until it comes from our lips. You can't think praise and push back the evil one. The enemy can't hear and know what you're thinking. He only sees and hears what you're speaking. And when you worship God, you push back darkness. And when you say the name of Jesus, the demons flee. 
This is our chance today to lift up his name. This is our chance to tell our God how great he is. Lord, I pray that that would take place. I pray, God, that you would rouse our hearts. I pray, God, that you would shake the cobwebs that came in with us. I pray, God, that you would release the worry and anxiety in this room. I pray, God, that we would see who you are. And, God, as we lift your name up, as we exalt your name, as we recognize that you have saved us, as we turn to you, may our hearts be filled with praise that you can't shut us up because we know how great our God is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The word of God is powerful in what it says, and it's living, it's active, it's sharpened a two-edged sword, scripture says. And when we hear God's word and we speak God's word, it breathes life into us. The Bible also says it's able to penetrate even to the bone and marrow of our lives. So when you hear God's word, when you speak God's word, when you read it from Genesis to Revelation, it's not like Goshen News, it's not like Newsweek or Leadership Journal or ESPN or any sports magazine. It's living and active. It it brings life. It breathes life into you. So I want to have a chance for us, even right now, to literally just have life breathed into us. hear the goodness of God's word, hear the truth of God's word, as if you're, you're receiving just a baptism of God's word, as, as though it's just washing you and, and penetrating and bringing life to you. The Bible is implicit that we're supposed to give praise to the one who deserves praise, and that Jesus' name is above all names. And, and so all through scripture, from the beginning to the end, the authors of the book and the Holy Spirit got together, and they weaved this theme throughout scripture, praise his name, Give thanks to his name, lift up his name, because our God is worthy of praise. Listen to the truths of God's word. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances, in all circumstances, because this is the will of God. Psalm 107, 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for he is good, for he is good, for he is good. And his steadfast love endures forever, forever. Ephesians 5, 20 says, Giving thanks always, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father. In the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. James 1, 17 says it this way, Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. Philippians 4, 6, listen to this truth. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. 2 Corinthians 9, 15 says, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift, for his inexpressible gift of Jesus Christ. Psalm 106, one says, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for he is good. And his steadfast love endures forever, 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 and forever. Psalm 105, one says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Make known his deeds among the people. Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called to one body. And be thankful. And be thankful. And be thankful. 
Psalm 118 verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 30 verse 12. Psalm 30 verse 12 says, That my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. That my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever, forever, forever. Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks, giving thanks, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Romans 1.21. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. And then in Psalm 100 verse 4. The psalmist David said, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name, bless his name, bless his name. So we continue this thought of praise and maybe you walked in here today and you're, you jumped into the stream. We're just taking time to lift our God's name, lift it high. About three weeks ago, I stood in Syracuse at a camp with 300 men and we were standing at nighttime for one of our midnight meetings for fight club and we had just finished worship singing outside with men and and making praise known to God and had a, a fire that was raging the sky was clear and there were stars everywhere and it was just one of those nights that, that God was was putting on a display of his greatness through creation and it was just beautiful it was an incredible night of worship and and so as we're gathering I began to unpack the power in Jesus' name, that when you say his name and I say his name, those of us who know Christ, that, that every knee should bow and every tongue confess. But when we say the name of Jesus, the Bible tells us that demons run. They have to flee. So when you speak Jesus, if there's darkness in your life, light comes in and there's answers. And you can speak Jesus' name and he can bring hope to your situation. He can bring reconciliation to a relationship. He can help you as a single mom. He can help you as a single. He can help you in your time of trouble. When you speak the name of Jesus, darkness flees. And I began to unpack as I'm unpacking today. We have the opportunity to speak his name. And so I had him... Together, collectively, we, we all stood up and I said, okay, now let's speak the name of Jesus. And, and I want you to picture, if you can, as we were standing there, what happens when we speak his name and the echo of his name goes from Syracuse, clean to Goshen, down to Warsaw. And we had guys from Edgerton, Ohio, goes out to Edgerton, Ohio, with a guy that drove in from South Carolina. Imagine what happens everywhere the name of Jesus vibrates, demons run and light comes to darkness. And so On a count of three, we all, we spoke his name and it was incredible just to hear men from literally just speak from within the name of Jesus for their homes, for their houses, as loud as they could. It just echoed and vibrated out across that. This thought occurred to me, why don't we do that in church on Sunday morning? So we're going to do that today. We're going to have an opportunity today, right here today, with not only men, but not only brothers and now, how about wives and sisters and daughters and, and children and sons? How, how, how about them? What would it be like if you and I all stood, stand with me a second, stand with me in a link if you're watching by the internet, stand. Stand now, imagine, this is your chance. Now think about, this is just more than saying your name or your husband's name or your child's name or your teacher or coach's name. This is saying the name of Jesus. When you speak his name over your family, over your situation, wherever you're at, no matter how hopeless, when you speak, if there's darkness there, guess what has to happen? It runs. So picture right now when you speak the name of Jesus, demons screaming and running away. 
So here's your chance to speak the name of Jesus. So on the count of three, I want you to give your best Jesus. So that the neighbors are saying, what is going on over there? They're lifting the name of Jesus. So I want to hear your best. I know some of you got some praise left over. If you're Notre Dame football fans, there wasn't much to praise last night, but a win. This is your chance. And I've seen some of you at football games. I've seen you at basketball games. Boy, I see stuff come out of you and it's loud. And sometimes it's not so nice. I know it's in you. Let's speak praise to Jesus. We're not worrying about a touchdown being scored. It has no eternal value. We're not worried about a two-point conversion or a missed two-point conversion. This is Jesus Christ and darkness runs. So we need you to speak your best. So put down your coffee. Give your best shout of praise to Jesus. So on the count of three, let's do it. Ready? One, two, three. Praise God. Uh, let, let me just say this. Let me back away and say, Mama, put your screaming Jesus voice on. You're trying to get your kid. The one where he's running out in front of the car. Guys, I want to hear something. I want to hear the baritone. I want to hear it from the bottom of your toes to the tops of your head. I want to hear that you really believe that this is the name above all names, that no other name, like this is your last chance to, to shout Jesus. You got way more than that. Like I heard about 10 people here. I didn't hear much over here. So I need it from this side over here. So on the count of three, come on, give it your best. What, a, what better thing to go horse for than for Jesus, huh? So don't leave here with anything left. On the count of three, let's get it. One, two, three. Jesus! That is awesome. One more, one more, one more. One more, one more. One more. One more. Okay, last one, last one. You're still not horse because I'm not horse and I've done it three times. Okay, okay, ready. On the count of three, come on, just give it everything. This is... The name above all names. Every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. The name of Jesus. Okay, come on, come on. Give it, give, give it everything you got. I know you got more. Come on. Let's let the link hear it. Link, we want to hear you. On the count of three, let's lift the roof for Jesus. One, two, three. Jesus! All right, you can have a seat. Praise God. Now grab a piece of paper that's under the seat below you. Some of you came in, you were, I saw guys, they were throwing pens behind them and getting rid of all the paper, all the OCD people, you just went nuts through this whole service. But just grab a white sheet of paper and there should be a Sharpie pen. If you need one behind you, ask for help. Everyone needs one. Everyone needs a piece of paper. If you've got to get up and get one, grab one. Everyone needs one. This is your chance in the service now where you're going to write praises to God. So here's the first thing you're going to write. You need to write it in such a way that the person behind you can see it. So you're going to write five or six or seven on one side. So be ready to write. Okay, first thing you're writing. Who or what person led you to Jesus? Maybe it's a church. Maybe it's a person. Write down that name. Write down the name who or a person or a group of people led you to Jesus, told you about Jesus Christ. Write it down. Now hold it up. Hold it up so the person behind you can see it. It is God's will to give thanks. Now hold it up. Come on. We need everybody. You're not getting away. Listen, this is your chance. Come on. Don't be sitting there without and look at me like you don't. If you got to get up and get a piece of paper, you go get it. It is God's will for you to give thanks. Participate. We need you. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. If you need to get a piece of paper, you get it. Right on it. Who or where or whom led you. Now hold it up. Hold it up. Now I want you on the count of three to speak out that name. One, two, three. Speak it out. All right, get ready to write again. What item in your house 
brought you joy this week? What was that thing you're saying, man, I'm so grateful, God, for that. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a snowblower. I don't know. What, what brought you joy this week? Write it down. What brought you joy? And you're saying, I thank you for this, God. Write it down. Come on, everyone participate. Write it down. Now hold it up. Hold it up. I'm going to wait on everybody because I can see whether you got a piece of paper up or not. Husbands don't require your wives to do this. You write too. Hold it up. It is God's will for you to give thanks. It's God's will, Rusty, it's God's will for you to give thanks. All right, on count of three, I want you to read the person in front of you. One, two, three, read it. All right, next one. Next one. What event or time in your family did you want to say thanks for? Like, what event took place? Was it a marriage? Was, was it time alone? Was it a date with your husband? Was it a, a good night's rest? What what, what event or time or moment in your life this week you're saying, God, thanks for that. Thanks for that car ride. God, thanks for that minute I had with my son. What's that thing you're saying, I'm going to thank you, God, for this moment, this event, this time, this week. Think about it. What are you thanking him for? Write it down. Hold it up. Hold it up. Hold it up. What event? What time? What thing are you thanking God for? It is God's will for you and me to give thanks to God. Hold it up, hold up. Some of you are still lagging. Come on, hold it up. Now read yours out loud on the count of three. One, two, three. Read it. All right, next, next. What Bible verse, what Bible verse, what passage of scripture are you grateful for today? And you're saying, God, I'm thankful for this truth. I'm thankful for that. Maybe it's just Genesis to Revelation. I don't know. What is it? Write it down. What Bible verse you're saying, God, thank you for this verse. God, thank you for this truth. Write it down, write it down. Hold it up, hold it up, hold it up. Hold up that verse. I'm going to wait. Don't worry about spelling. Hold it up. Hold it up. I'm going to wait. Some of you are still lagging. Wait, wait. Come on. It doesn't take that long. Just write it down. I want you to speak out that verse, that scripture reference on three. One, two, three. Speak it out. All right. Next one. What is something about this day you want to say thanks for? What is something about today? Today is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad. What's something, Lord, I thank you for this day, for this thing. What is something you want to thank the Lord for today? Right now, write it down. What is something, Lord, I want to thank you for this thing today. Write it down. Hold it up once you have it. Hold it down. I'll write it. Hold it up. Hold it up. I'm waiting. I see a few that still don't have them up. I'll wait. I'll wait. Look, I'll, I'll hold out with something. Write it down. This day you're saying thanks for. On the count of three, speak it out loud. One, two, three. All right. Right now, we're going to move into an awesome opportunity for you to see a changed life. Baptisms. In the course of the services today, this is the third service. And in the first, second, and third service, we were able to see, and you're about ready to see, 50 people, including John Fallen, 50 people. That's a late praise. Praise Lord that John didn't get hurt. Praise God. 50 people gave their lives to Christ. 50 people gave lives to Christ and 50 people got baptized. So you're going to thank the Lord for baptism. So in advance, you're, you're going to praise God in advance for the baptisms you're about to see. You're going to thank him for the ones you didn't see. This is our chance. Now, now I've been to many, many, many major sports events. And often at sporting events, they have these cheers that happen in, in, the, in the crowd. And they cheer about for their team and they cheer for events. But we're going to cheer for those lives 
that are going public in baptism. It's your chance. Listen, of all things, shouldn't we cheer a changed life for Jesus Christ? Well, here's how we're going to do it. We're we're, going to do it this way. We're going to start over here and we're going to do a wave. We're going to go from here, all the way across, and we're going to come back. You don't need any explanation. If you don't know how to do a wave, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, ready? On the count of three, open up your hands. Open that hand. Ready? Ready? Go. Give us a wave. Thank the Lord. Come on, come on, come on. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. All right, hold on, hold on. Some of you are still sitting. People's lives have been changed. Like, come on, let's celebrate this. Jesus changed the life. Let's celebrate this. Come on. Now get up. Ready, start us. Ready, go. Someone's life has been changed. Bring it back. Bring it back. All right, last time. We're going to start a new wave. This is what should happen. We're going to do a clap wave. wave. Ready? We're going to praise God and you're going to start. You're going, ah, and then you're going to, ah, and you're going to stand up and you're going to stand. Let's do a clap wave praising God. Ready? Go. Come on. Come on. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Come on.